Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 83 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Todd Widener is here with me. No Peter. There goes all the listeners. It is good to see <laughs> you and hear you again, sir. How are you? I'm good. Ready to go. Episode 83 is the post-draft episode. Thanks to Rhonda at RM Management. Thanks to Dan and Bob Anderson Builders. And thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to all the folks that listen and follow us on Twitter. I put on Twitter, we now have a new listener in New Hampshire. So that's 40 states. I saw that. Out of the 50. Very exciting. We'll talk about the entire draft. We'll go over the analysis of our draft in the 2022 draft not quite as angry maybe this year as we were in the past is that a fair statement mm, kind of okay so kind maybe of. not i i spoke too um, quickly <laughs> i've got i've got i've got some things to say yeah just knock my quarters over you know, as usual yeah and i have my quarters ready for the things okay that good I to say so i just knocked like three dollars and quarters off the table yeah. so i have to cuss less and we cuss for charity if this is the first time you've ever listened to the average cheese every time you hear a quarter hit the jar uh, it is a 25 cent piece for veterans outreach of wisconsin which houses homeless veterans and again every time you listen so that go that's two more cents in the jar for veterans outreach so let's go no slices this week just getting on to the draft I th- let's talk slices. about the overall no, draft first and then i want to talk about some things that so your right. overall thoughts on the 2022 draft for the packers i don't know where to start really i was confused i think initially and then you know after a few days of kind of letting it all sink in some of it started to kind of clear up in my head I guess the only confusion I have is I really felt like this was a draft to make a bold move to go grab one of these receivers, and we didn't do it. You saw the Saints do it. When I saw that move, I was just like, that's the dagger. I mean, that was it after that. So I'm confused why we didn't do something like, well, why we didn't have a strategy in place, a fail-safe offer for a team like Seattle who needs a quarterback, the commanders who need a quarterback, where we could have packaged a Jordan Love and righted a wrong from the past and moved on, moved up in the in the draft and maybe got ourselves in Olave or Williams or any of the other top six. But I was just like, that's our move. <laughs> you know, when the Saints did that, I was like, that's our move. Now, granted, I'd have to think that the Packers had offers on the table for those teams to move up. And it just, I think it just, they weren't interested. It wasn't enough. You know what I mean? And they were, they were going to have to risk too many picks either in the future or in this current draft to, to go and do it. And it wasn't worth it in the end. That's the only justification I can think of. Talked about this in episode 82, a little bit. Quay Walker was a reach and we'll get into the individual guys in Mm -hmm. a minute, but why not 
trade pick 22. So you gave up a second round pick. You gave up the second round pick to get Christian Watson to move up. So you only had three picks when you used to have four. Why not give up 22 or 28 and give up a first round pick to move up and get Chris Olave or Jamison Williams or an elite wide receiver? You still have three picks if you give up one of those four picks. Agreed. And you get an elite wide receiver. Yeah. Now, we don't know what Christian Watson is going to be down there, but we don't know that. I mean, he no. has the athletic ability to maybe be that. But you know what you're getting in Jamison Williams. You know what you're getting in Chris Olave, And that is a top 10, top 15 talent where there's question marks about Christian Watson. So I'm with you. I thought for sure, and I said this in the last episode as well, I thought for sure that was the Packers moving up to eleven. When they announced that trade, I thought, here we go. Yeah. If we get Jamison Williams, holy smokes. Yeah. That's a different offense. Now, again, it might be for Christian Watts, Alave, or yeah. Williams. Guaranteed. And there wasn't a team in the draft, at least anyone who was sitting in the first round, right? There wasn't one team with a bigger glaring need than the Packers. There was right. no one even close. With a glaring need. I mean, you know, there's teams like the Jets who horrific and need fucking everything. everything. You, you could just yeah. say like kicker in the first round. It'd be like, yay, you know, like because <laughs> you need one of those two. Yeah. I mean, there was no other team in the draft. I felt like that had a more glaring need for a position than the Packers. You got six guys on the board. That first one goes, the door is going to be blasted open. Mm-hmm. And you better have a, something packaged up and a strategy to go after someone. Did they have one and just couldn't get the deal done? We'll never know. If they didn't and they sat silently on their fucking hands, I'm pissed. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of the talk on some NFL channels and stuff like that about like, well, the Packers never do this. They always stay consistently like, well, that whole strategy isn't working. This is Super Bowl caliber run. Change it up. I don't care if you if that hasn't been your. We haven't done that ever in the past. We never, you know, we never move up to take a receiver in the first round. Well, change it up. We're not planning for the future here. This is not a futuristic strategy anymore. This is Super Bowl bound. We got a few years with the greatest quarterback of all time. You give him the weapons that he needs. You fucking move up and do it. Imagine if it's Alave. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, in whatever order, because Quay Walker, according to Peter, was a second round guy. A lot of draft boards had him as a second round guy or the late, the 28 pick. I don't know. But imagine if it's Alave, Walker, Wyatt. Right. Boom, boom. You're ecstatic, right? Yeah. You're ecstatic about the draft because you got your guy, plus you got your defensive guys that you need. Also looking overall, so ignoring, well, not ignoring, but walking past the first and second round, which I thought was fine, pretty good. I really like the rest of the draft. Overall, I feel like checked a lot of boxes. We need this player at this position. We need depth at O-line. We need more receivers. They went and got a bunch. I feel like there are some very positive things that the Packers did in this draft overall. You know, when they when they didn't make that move and they kind of just sat around and waited for the 22nd pick and they and, and they chose a, a, an inside linebacker i was like all right good with that 
Like, I mean, we, as we discussed, we felt as though obviously the glaring need of his receiver. I felt like defensive line was second. Um, and then obviously linebacker. So, right. I mean, to have, to have two dudes that are six, three, six, four and are rangy and fast at inside linebacker, you put him next to uh, Devondre Campbell and that's going to be a force. Maybe that's why they liked him for the body size. He's like, a, okay, so let's just start talking about it. Round yeah. one, pick 22, Jaquay Jaquise Walker, inside linebacker, 56 on Peter's Worldwide Draft Guide, 6'4", 251, 241. He is a Devondre Campbell clone. He right. is almost identical to him. Ran a 4'5", 240. Like, this guy is an athlete. I mean, he played in, like, you know, both him and, and Walker, but they both they both played in, you know, probably one of the best defenses in the last decade right. in college football. Right. So he, he's used to having a being in a good program. They're going to be a crazy tandem to watch. Crazy tandem. Totally agree. And he doesn't have to come in and be great right away. Walker no. doesn't. He can no. learn from Devondre Campbell. Yep. He doesn't have to call the plays. Just go out and play. Like there's a lot of positives to this guy and you and I had both like kind of pined for Nicobe Dean. And now that I kind of like had a chance to sit, you know, think about it and like marinate on it. I'm glad the Packers left Nicobe Dean alone. And for this reason alone, he has that pectoral issue. Now that could be a career ender or a really big problem. If that thing tears, right. It was not a tear, but Nicobe Dean is five eleven two thirty. 230. Right. Right. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Because if you're getting beat up in college and you got dings in college, wait till you get to the NFL and every dude is six foot four and 250 pounds. You know what I mean? Like college is a different animal, even in the SEC. So now I start to appreciate more of the uh, Quay Walker pick because he is an NFL body, whereas Nicobe Dean, I don't know how long he'll be able to play in the NFL. We'll see. We'll set that whole discussion aside about how they didn't move up. But this dude, I mean, I, I was like, great. I mean, th- that is about time that we start to solidify the middle of the defense. I was really happy with that, especially with the speed, too. He's like, four, what did you say? Four, four five. five, two in the 40. That's nuts. Which is also faster than Dean. Dean was a four, seven or something like that guy. So oh, wow. you start to put all these things together and you think, okay. This is a good pick. We talked about him in the last episode, so we can maybe leave that one alone. We did talk about Devontae Wyatt. Round one, pick 28, Devontae Wyatt, interior defensive lineman from Georgia, 23rd on Peter's Worldwide Draft Guide. I got something, so I was talking via the Twitters to Hound55. So him and I have discussions from time to time in our direct messages. I wanted to drop this on you because I think this is super interesting. So I got this from Hound. Kenny Clark, six foot three, 314 pounds. Devontae Wyatt, six foot three, 315 pounds. Kenny Clark, 40 yard dash time, 5.06. Devontae Wyatt, 4.77. Arm length, Kenny Clark, 32 and an eighth. Devontae Wyatt, 32 and five eighths. Vertical jump, Kenny Clark, 28 and a half. Devontae Wyatt, 29 inches. It goes down the board. This is a Kenny Clark clone. Oh, yeah. And this guy is going to play end in a 3-4. Yep. He ran the the fastest 40. 
Well, uh, stupid, defensive stupid yeah. fast. Four yeah. seven seven. Now again, you don't really care that your defensive lineman runs a four seven seven, but you look at the overall package. This is another very athletic dude. Yeah, I very think what athletic. This, what this means for the Packers is some well-deserved relief for Kenny Clark. Yes, He's been double teamed for the last two to three fucking years. Right. right. I mean, With th- no this help at could all. not have been. This was music to his ears. Absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, Joe Barry probably changed his fucking depends at this point <laughs> after getting the second <laughs> fucking, um, you know, Kenny Clark fight. Jr. Yeah, exactly. The things I have heard after watching all the post draft um, shows and stuff is that he could be similar to the Gary development where he's kind of like he's not a full full blown experiment but he's a little bit of a project still so does he start on day 1 uh, i don't know and i know there's some off field issues or some character issues that hopefully Kenny Clark can just kind of put him under his wing and say hey look bro you know you're a pro now this is this is how we do things right and this is how we do things at this organization there is no more fucking around outside Right. And get into domestic violence uh, charges and all kinds of shit. So he'll be a a great mentor and a huge relief on that line. I cannot wait to see that. Imagine. (laughs) I remember the Packers picked Jerron Reed from Kansas City. So now you don't have our two buddies on the ends. You have Jerron Reed, who's oh yeah, had a great, that, not a great career, but a very yeah. good, solid career. He is eight times the player that Tyler Lancaster is. And now you take this guy, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark clone, and you put him on the other side of Kenny Clark, and now you have something. We'll see. I'm very excited for this guy because this is what they needed. We talked about this before. You need to have a better defensive line, and now you have it. You got it in one player. If this yeah. guy pans out. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing too, is, you know, we're, we're talking about improving a top 10 defense. Where does that put us now? I mean, that's because those were the two biggest gaps, right. In the defense, in a top 10 defense. And you've pretty much solidified those with huge draft picks. Yes. Love it. We didn't move up in the draft to get one of the elite receivers. You start looking at it like, okay, so since we didn't, we got to figure something out. And here's what they did. Round two, pick 34, traded with the Vikings, which I thought was sort of interesting. You don't usually see teams within your division trading, but the Packers gave up a second round pick to get Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State, 40th on Peter's draft guide. So a little bit higher than Peter thought he would go. But at that point, the Packers had to move up to get a guy. Yeah. Had to. And if you're going to panic and get a guy like Christian Watson, who ran what a four, three, six, 40, something like that, six, four, 209, 210 pounds, somewhere in there, big hands, which is something the Packers really like, like this is the next athlete after all the other guys, this is the next best guy for sure on the board. Christian yeah. Watson. Yeah. They've got him listed at six, five on the North Dakota state. I don't know if okay. he's 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", he's somewhere in there. Every highlight I watched, he is blowing past dudes. Yeah. 
Now, granted, it's North Dakota State and it's FBS football. It's a different level of football. That's but he was a concern. man amongst boys. On those I think lines. that's my biggest concern on this pick. And I, I, you know, as much as it pains me to see them give away a second round pick to, to move up to get them, they had to. Yes. At that point, they had to. They And I mean, people were talking about, well, what's the difference between a couple different picks? But this a was lot. just a must. Because if you yeah, lose this guy, if he goes yeah. at 34 and you don't get him. Yeah. Now what? Exactly. They had to move up to get him. You know, his dad was a Packer. Yeah, I saw that. That's well, super that was, cool. Yeah. So he's got a little bit of ties already to the organization. But I guess my biggest concern is most balls he ever caught was his senior year, which was 43, seven touchdowns. So I don't know that what he means to the receiver core team, right? Are they going to pin a number one on him? You mean figuratively, like wide yeah, receiver I mean, one? Is, is he one? He is the most talented wide receiver in the room. Is he wide receiver one? I'd say not Not initially. Right. I can't mean, you can't right. really pin that all on a rookie, right? So, not I mean, I think his, his body of work concerns me. It really does. The school and the conference that he played in concerns me. Statistically, that concerns me, his body of work. But I will say that. Lafleur likes these these types of guys, right? The six four, six five guys that can run these types of forties. There's NFL analysts that are saying that this dude is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. That's crazy. To me. <laughs> I mean, I, I think now the league has shifted where you know you have a bunch of dudes who are running in these you know the four twos and four threes, and they're all in the kind of the five ten to five to six foot range. And then along comes a dude who's like six four, six five. Now it becomes a matchup league. That's a problem. You've got a five foot eleven safety trying to cover a six five dude who can run the same speed. That's an issue. And so I think that's where Christian Watson really, really got his draft status bumped along and, and moved up on the board. Glad to have him. Not that excited that we had to, you know, dump a, a second round pick to move up to get him, but we had no choice. I don't think right. there was any choice in that in that matter. Had to go after him. No choice. None. Yep. Had to. There was not a wide receiver pick between 22 when the Packers drafted Quay Walker and when they drafted Christian Watson. So right. they that was the next wide receiver taken off the board. Would I have liked to see them keep both second-round picks? Yeah, but not at the expense of getting a wide receiver that's worth a shit in this draft because if they don't get Christian Watson, it's George Pickens. And you know, I've talked ad nauseum about how much I don't think George Pickens is going to be a player in this league. I am a little bit concerned about the rawness of him. He's had a lot of drops. He dropped like 13% of the balls. I think he had the highest drop percentage of all the elite wide receivers, you know, including the guys we talked about before, Olave, Williams, right. and so on. That concerns me. The word is that his work ethic is crazy. He's going to put his hands on guys in the run game and block guys too. And you know, that's a prerequisite for Lafleur and his offense. Absolutely. So that's part of it too. I'm excited. They got this guy. If he pans out, you know, is he going to be Justin Jefferson at, like he was as a rookie? I don't think so, but maybe by the end of the year, when the games are very important, he's ready to take that next step. That's what I'm hoping for. The next pick in the draft. Now, this I thought was a surprise. Not that they went offensive line, but that they picked at so round three, pick 92, Eric Ryan, tackle from UCLA. 
74th on Peter's guide. The word is that he's going to move inside to guard. Yeah. And not that there's a problem with picking a guy in the third round that's going to move inside because a lot of guys move inside. They play tackle in college. They aren't big enough. Their arms aren't long enough. They don't fit the prototype or the stereotype or whatever you want to call it of what NFL people think a tackle looks like. So this guy right. is going to move inside probably. Or maybe yeah. he plays right tackle until that everything shakes out with Elton Jenkins. Played tackle, left tackle his entire time, I think, at at UCLA. But I don't think that that's what's going to happen. It wasn't forward. that big a shock to me as it might have been for you. Because I, I think that, you know, Elton Jenkins coming in off of injury. You still got Bakhtiari. Who knows, like, where his health status is going to be at the beginning of the year for this year still. It almost seems like you can never have enough of these dudes on the Packers roster. And again, like where they were at and, you know, with this pick in the draft, I kind of think that they were looking. And he's not a midget. He's six, oh, he's five, six five, three twenty one. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I'm not, but the Packers yeah, have like six, seven or whatever. Josh Nyman is. So I don't know. Yeah. If that's what they think it is. Yeah. I mean, if he slides into guard, great. All you're doing yep. right there with this guy. And I don't, I don't want to say he's a, just a body because I'm not saying that at all but you've put another high level body on that line he's younger so it's not like he's a redshirt senior or one of those super seniors at all I don't want to say man strength but he's going to get stronger probably he's going to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger and maybe he does you know move out to right tackle or something yeah and if you get the right tackle of the future in the round three now, we have not given any of these dudes grades. I just realized that as I was I was talking. Let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to edit it. I'll just put it here. Oh, Quay Walker. It. Your thoughts on Quay Walker as a, as a draft pick on his own? I'm going to say a B. I think it's a solid pick. I will also say B just because he didn't make a ton of impact plays. Like He doesn't have like the eight, nine sacks or the picks or the fumble recoveries. There's not a lot of that in his game. At least there wasn't in college. So is he an impact player? I think he's a very good player, and I will give him a B. Devontae Wyatt, 28th pick. I think this is also a B, maybe a B plus. I could, I'll just say B only because I'm a little scared about the off-field stuff. Thoughts for you. So we're doing pluses and minuses. Um, sure. I'll go B minus on him because I think he's still got a road of development in front of him. I think that he will likely start, um, but I think there there could be some learning curves in there with him. Okay. Round two picks 34, Christian Watson. Why don't you go okay. first? A minus. I mean, he would have been an A if that's a tough grade for me to, to swallow because – I really wanted one of the top guys and and we didn't get him. So, I mean, that's not, if I'm grading the player, not excited about his body of work or where the conference he comes from, but the intangibles that he brings and based on the needs, I have to give him an A minus. We are on the same page here. Yeah. The drops concern me. The level of play just really concerns me, but his athleticism is off the charts. I give him an A minus two. If he could play up to that athleticism as an NFL player, watch out. He's going to be spectacular, especially with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. Right. Eric Ryan, pick 92. I mean, anytime you you, you can add depth on the offensive line and comes from a program like UCLA and the size. And, you know, he was off the charts in the combine. 
you know, as far as linemen are, are concerned, I mean, solid, man. I mean, B. I'll go a little bit higher. I'll give him a B plus only because of that versatility. You know, the Packers love versatile dudes. They want guys that can move up and down the line and move from left to right. They do this to guys all the time. Because of that, I'll give them a B plus. 6'5", 321, and versatile. That's, that's the answer for me. All right, so we'll try to do this right going forward. Round four, Romeo Doves, wide receiver from Nevada. 133rd on Peter's guide was the 132nd pick in the draft. Peter couldn't have been more spot on with this dude. 6'2", 201, 10-inch hands, 32-inch arms. He's a Snoop Dogg guy. Is he really? Yeah, man, he's a Snoop Dogg. Oh, that makes him Snoop an A Snoop Dogg right Youth Football League, man. Straight out of Compton. I don't know. Straight out of Compton. That's got to be so. on some T-shirt somewhere. Yeah. If only we were creative enough to do that. I did not know that. Yeah, man. I love the guy for that. Just that yeah. alone. Dubs played with Carson Strong, who uh, was oh, one of the guys on Peter's right. draft yeah. guide this year, who I think went undrafted, which was a little bit strange. But I watched the highlights on this Dubs guy, so I never heard of him. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on Romeo Dubs, but this guy gets deep. Yeah. A lot. He's and 6'2. That's a, right. 6'2, 208. So not a midget or 6'2, two, 201. Right. Not a huge guy, not the Lazard, Christian Watson, Devin Punch's size. But, but he's not a rail two. either. I mean, he's, he's not. Yeah, he, he hasn't missed a meal. <laughs> he hasn't missed he a probably meal. Probably doesn't miss too many. He's played a little bit in the slot. He might be a slot size body also. And if he can get deep from the slot, that really changes the way teams can play defense on you. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. That's a body of work. Yeah, and this is in round four. Now, if you're replacing MVS, who was a fifth-round pick with a fourth-round guy who's had production, albeit at Nevada, I'll take it all day. Go first on Romeo Doves. Romeo Doves out of Compton, which is awesome. Straight out of. Straight out of Compton. I think he's a B. B, B, B plus. I'll just say B. Again, not high-level competition. Every route that I saw in his highlight film was – a straight line down the field. So it yeah. sort of feels like an MVS guy to me, but we'll see. So I'll give him a straight B. I think a lot of those dudes though, that are coming out of, of college are, even if they're marginal route runners, all that stuff can be corrected pretty quickly when you get to the NFL. And if it, if you can't make that correction, then you're probably on a kickoff team or, you know, on the practice squad. Um, I would also give him a B because, we got to add depth to receiver. I think he's an exciting player. I think he's got the intangibles that we're looking for. Not overly big, but like he's got some size and he's, you know, he's, he's played the game of football, right? I mean, he's got a ton of experience coming in. So he's a raw talent that I think we're looking for. And like, I think he might be a slot receiver. I mean, why not? We know that Amari Rogers isn't exactly going to work out as terrible as that is to say, but I don't think he is going to work out. We'll see. Yeah, I could talk about this later, too, but I definitely think the Packers have put certain positions on notice. Now, granted, the wide receiver room is wide open. Romeo Dubs comes in with a very good chance to start if he wants to. Right. Or if he has the tools to do so. Offensive line, too, with this Eric Ryan and the other guy we're going to talk about in a minute, Zach Tom. Like these are guys, very athletic dudes who have a chance to start. 
in year one. Yep. Next up, fourth round pick, Zach Tom from Wake Forest, offensive lineman, primarily an offensive tackle, did play center for a couple of games for Wake Forest, which is really kind of interesting. 6'4", 304. 33-inch arm length, first team All-ACC as a left tackle in 2021. Student athlete, earned the Jim Tatum Award for top senior student athlete amongst ACC players. So that's pretty cool. Got a 4'9". Yeah, this guy is a freak athlete. 6'4", 300 pounds running a 4'9". Right, isn't that – that's just bizarre. So the interesting thing about this guy is – Okay, he played center and tackle. That never happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guard yeah. tackle, yes, but center tackle? Yeah. That's very, very strange. But this guy is a great athlete. I don't remember what his RAS score is. Somewhere in the high nines, I think nine six or something like that. But this is an athlete. He's another guy that you just go, huh. Like I said, I mean, before with uh, adding depth to the offensive line, it's never – you're never going to get me to say like, no, we should have never done that. Um, you got to protect your investments. The this more- is what NFL.com guys said about Zach Tom center prospect who spent the last two seasons at left tackle. Tom was extreme, extremely impressive in pass protection at tackle, despite the lack of desired length or size. He's likely headed back to center in the <laughs> pros. Really interesting. They just drafted a center in the second round. I can't imagine that that's what the Packers have envisioned for this guy. No. After drafting Josh Myers in the second round. That that doesn't seem to fit. No, he's going to be a – he'll likely make the squad and, you know, be a number two, three, three-depth guy. He's got time, right? He's a fourth-round yeah. pick. You don't expect him to come in. Now, Royce Newman oh. started last year for the Packers and played more snaps than anybody. So who knows? But yep. yeah, right now he feels like a depth guy. Great for Zach Tom. I, I just feel like a broken record. But I mean, I, I'd have to say another B. I mean, right. why not add depth to it, right? I mean, there's there's dudes that, you know, if, if you're not a starting offensive lineman and you're either on the practice squad or you're a backup or you're sitting in the number three chair, younger guys coming in, your job is always on the line. I mean, every every single year you got to fight for it. So they're bringing them in, and and, and why not? I love having a, a well designed stock of of dudes that can come in and work at different positions on the offensive line. Like you said before, with the Jets, pick any guy; they might make yeah. the team. Of course, they might make the starting roster because they're better than the guy they're replacing, even though they've never played an NFL snap in their lives. Yeah. So you don't need as the Packers, you don't need these guys to start, but if they are good enough to start, you really have something. And if Zach Tom ends up at guard or right tackle or wherever he ends up and he's starting on day one, you stole him in the fourth round. Yeah. Moving on to round five, Kingsley, JJ, Enigbare, edge rusher <laughs> from South Carolina, 63rd on Peter's draft guide drafted 179th. He was the 179th pick. Wow. Peter had him as the 63rd best player. And I wish Peter was here to answer for this. Right. Why he has is so high in Enigbare. But according to him, this is a huge steal. 
I'll just read you the body size. He is 6'4", 258. Yeah. 34 inch, really long, 34 and three quarter inch arms, very long arms, 10 and five eighths inch hands, 487 in the 40, vertical jump of 36.5. Didn't do the bench press at the combine, but my gosh, this is another athlete and he fits the mold of Packer edge rushers. Does he not? Yeah. I'm just so afraid that this is another Jonathan Garvin or something like that. I, I just don't know. I know that he's, you know, one of the knocks on him was that he's predictable and like a face-up rusher. And who does that sound like? Rashawn Gary. I mean, that is literally Rashawn Gary. Predictable and a face-up rusher. So but at the same time. At the same time, Rashawn Gary has other intangibles that are really good. So. I, I don't know. I remind you yeah. that this is a fifth round pick. Yes, I get it. This get guy it. had the highest PFF grade of all edge rushers in college football. Don't hate it. Don't hate this. Uh, I do not hate this pick by any means. The um, thing that I like about this dude more, well, not more than anything, but even though he's not flashy, he's not going to be able to run around guys a lot of times. He's got violent hands. And he's a guy that will stiff arm the tackle. That's exactly what the Packers do. That's what they do. This guy was built to be a Packer with the way he rushes the quarterback. And again, yeah. how many snaps does this guy see? Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's going to give Preston Smith and Gary some, some breathing room. Right? Hopefully. You know, get them rested up on the sideline. Who knows? Yeah, I was just watching his video as we were talking. He's definitely an athlete. Wow. Here's what PFF says about him. Enigbari has a high motor, excellent length, big time pop in his hands, helped him record a 92.5 pass rush grade this past season. Problem is lack of refinement. Okay, that's why he's a fifth round pick. Inability to play and control. Also why he's a fifth round pick. And limited physical tools. I don't know about that, but I mean, if you're running a, running a four eight seven forty as a edge rusher, that sounds okay. Wait till he gets in the the gym with Rashawn Gary and right, you know, like with work work ethic and those those guys become workout partners. And Gary's like, "Hey, dude, this is this is how we work around here." Right. I mean, that could be pretty dangerous. Springboard you know? to greatness, right there. Yeah. Let's hope yep. so. Yeah, very similar in stature and very excited about this guy. I will give him an A because he's a fifth round pick because their the expectations too. are low, but this is an athletic freak and a huge steal this late in the draft. So I will coattail on that and know that any guy who gets what was he overall? He was 63rd overall on 100, 179th overall. Yes, 179th um, pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with an A. I, th- I, I think they got they got a bargain here. True value. So, yeah. The Packers did not have a sixth round pick. Seventh round, Tariq Carpenter. He's a slash safety slash linebacker out of Georgia Tech. I did not see him on Peter's top three hundred. This is an interesting cat. This guy, and I put this on Twitter, reminds me of Raven Green. Six foot three, 230 pounds. Cleaner. Holy cow. Yeah, that's a huge safety, right? It's wow. not a huge linebacker, but it's a huge safety. 
not only that, 6'3", 230, he also had a very nice combine. I want to say he ran in the four fours for 40 at that size. Really? Yes. Now, Tariq Carpenter also follows the, he is a Packer guy. Mother is a retired army officer. Like you start to see this more and more with guys that the Packers have drafted. Same trend, yeah. Yes. Sons of military members. Right. Mom spent some tours in Iraq and stuff like that. It's just kind of an interesting story. If you get a chance, go to NFL.com. His, they have a story about his mom and him, so it's pretty cool. But, I mean, this guy screams special teams freak to me. This is a big, oh, absolutely. fast, athletic dude. Absolutely. You can put him out on the island, right? On special teams, on punt coverage. If he's that doggone fast and that physical, imagine the, the midget standing across from him that has to try to block this athletic freak running around him. That's going to be great. That's how I see Tariq Carpenter maybe down the road as the Raven green, like safety slash linebacker on in the nickel dime, whatever. But for right now, I see him as a special teams guy. Yeah. And I mean, how recent drafts they've drafted a couple dudes like this really haven't really panned out. So I think it's just kind of, reinforcing that and i don't yeah. see him being this the strong safety of the future i just don't this is a seventh round pick we have to remind yeah. ourselves of that you know if he makes the roster i'm not saying it's a miracle but he's a seventh round pick on a team that's again contending for a super bowl i think he's got to make it on special teams uh, and i think he will i mean <laughs> i think i could make the special teams this year <laughs> so after last year so I mean, yeah, he definitely should should make the squad. Just the the physicality and being six. What is he? Six three? Yeah, six, six three, three thirty. My God, that's a big, big man for a safety. Yeah, he played at Georgia Tech. Yeah, he's played in the he's played big like time football pick. in the ACC or whatever it is. I like it. I, I I'm not like overly crazy, but I mean, I I I like I like your your analysis of putting him on on the special teams for sure. I might even go with an A minus here, just like anything to bolster that debacle. I will give him a B plus only because I'm not sure that he fits into the defense, but he's a seventh round pick. If they drafted him for special teams, which is something that we've said the Packers don't really do, if they are starting to look at guys as special teams players, I like that a lot. Yeah. So you're A minus, I'm a B plus. Next one, seventh round pick. Pick 234, Jonathan Ford, defensive tackle from Miami. Number 27, interior defensive lineman on Peter's list. Not in his top 300 overall. Oh, really? I don't know much about Dude's this guy. Dude's a monster. He is a big, big man. Whoa. 6'5", 333 pounds. I'll just say this. In a draft where they just picked up Devontae Wyatt, I don't know Jerron Reed as a free agent. I don't know what role Jonathan Ford has on this team. Is he a depth guy? Maybe. I would say that he is going to struggle to make the roster. And I don't know anything about him other than you got picked in the seventh round on a team that has just bolstered up his defensive line. For me, I'll just give it a C because I don't have any expectations for this dude. Me neither. It's just, he's just a guy. And again, yeah. at that size, 
if he can figure it out, that is a huge man. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, I guess one of the biggest knocks on him is just his production or lack thereof. Right? Yeah, he ends up big. on the ground a lot. So I mean, it's it's hard to grade these dudes when you start getting into these later rounds. Defensive line, great. Add some depth. Maybe develop this dude. You get what you get. And is it an upgrade from Lowry and Lancaster? I would or TJ Slayton? <laughs> right. I mean, it, it puts Slayton on notice, too, that we're just going to keep drafting yeah. guys. So figure it out or right. we'll replace you with somebody else. Yeah. What are you going to give this dude for? Uh, a I, I'll give him a C, too. Yeah. I mean, based on the need. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's another one. Yep. Sheed Walker, offensive tackle from Penn State. Monster. Again. Y yes. Now, Rashid Walker has fallen off. This dude, I think last before last year, was going to be a high pick and ended up with the two at the 249 slot, seventh round. He is a gigantic human being. He's also famous for humping that guy's helmet. Have you seen that when he pancaked the dude? <laughs> no. Wait a minute. Now he might have an A now. <laughs> Go, he humped this, a helmet? Yes. He like pancakes some dude and then is like <laughs> humped him. Humped him. <laughs> you need to go uh, find that on Twitter or on, just look it look it up. <laughs> Rashid Walker. It's probably the only video that'll be out there. He's a four-star recruit. Yes. So yes. I mean, and a freak athlete. Played at Penn State. This should have been a higher pick. What why did he fall off the, the radar? So he was not very good this year. Here's the measurables. You think, my God, this is this guy screams tackle in the NFL. All right. 6'6, 313, 35, 3 and 5 eighths inch arm length. That just screams that body. Yeah. He had honorable mention, all big ten, all big ten conference. Right. So he wasn't mm -hmm. like he was uh, yeah, he 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 gave up a lot of pressures. I'll just read the NFL.com oh, okay. thing and maybe this helps, maybe it doesn't. Walker possesses enticing power and measurables, but has issues that could be challenging to correct if he stays at tackle. Ohio State defenders were able to burn up his outside edge, which creates concern about his pro pass range. But it can be hard to beat his anchor with pure power. So guys can run around him. They just can't run through him. Capable run blocker. Projects as a right tackle, but may move inside the guard if his range and balance aren't balance aren't up to par but again mm. that's in the seventh round and he was... humped a helmet I mean, <laughs> I I'm, I'm gonna Which i mean makes I him was... a favorite <laughs> he is he humped a helmet so i'm gonna have to give him a, a b i was gonna give him a c but since he humped a helmet i'm gonna give him a b <laughs> the humper <laughs> rashid humper rashid humper walker yeah did we just give him a new nickname yeah i'm gonna give him a c only, only because I just I'm not sure. Definitely have the size and everything. It's just you got to be able to play. Right. Absolutely. So the final pick for the Green Bay Packers, round seven, pick 258, Samari Toure, wide receiver, Nebraska, 43rd wide receiver on Peter's Worldwide Guide. Not in the top 300. Of course he's not. Almost 6'1", 191, ran a 4-4-4-40, played at Montana before he transferred to Nebraska. Special uh, teams. Special teams guy, possibly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And maybe a slot guy. 
you know, maybe a potential slot guy, maybe he goes on the practice squad, that kind of thing. Not he's pretty fast. I mean, four, four, four in the seventh round. That's a pretty, pretty fast yeah. dude. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'll give him a C. 46 passes for almost 900 yards, five touchdowns at Nebraska, where they fucking run the ball almost every goddamn play. Yeah. Yeah. I will give him a B only because I have no idea why I'm giving him a B. (laughs) But we're at the end of the episode. and Right, at the end of the draft. And, yeah, I don't know shit about this dude, really. Before we finish, the Packers picked a bunch of undrafted guys, free agents. Oh, right. Two, two running backs, B.J. Baylor out of Oregon State, Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, both kind of small, 5'9", 5'10", 200 pounds, 4'5"-ish guys. They picked a center from Central Florida, a guard from Oregon. They picked this dude, Caleb Jones, tackle Indiana, 6'9", <laughs> 370 pounds. I want to say I've seen that dude on, on some... Uh, wasn't he like the biggest person in the in college football? I, I can't uh, imagine... Like last year, I can't imagine anyone... Many big, guys I, being bigger than that. I want to say my son and I were watching something on TV where they were like, this is the biggest dude in college football. Okay. I, yeah, I think it's him. I'm almost positive it's him. Is he just there to block the sun at practice? Like, what's his I mean, fucking job? <laughs> I don't know. He, yeah. I mean, he that's just freakish. Other that's guys freakish. on the list, Danny Davis. The Packers have to bring in a Wisconsin guy or two, don't they, as an undrafted free agent? Danny Davis, I never thought was worth a shit at Wisconsin. He's slow. Yeah, he's not fast. Four, five, nine in the 40. Yeah, if you're six foot one eighty eight and you're running a four five nine, that's why you're under. Yeah, it's not you're not going to make it. I mean, Wisconsin wide receivers will block. I mean, maybe he's a special teams guy. I mean, I, I don't know. He would really have to impress in camp to stick yeah. on the roster. Yeah, he's a stretch. Other than that, there's an edge guy from Louisiana, six three two forty six. That's kind of small as far as Packer edge guys go. They picked two linebackers, 6'1", 230-ish. I mean, these guys, as I look at any of these guys undrafted, I would be stunned if any of them make the roster. Yeah. Whereas I thought Henry Black a couple years ago, I thought, hmm, that's a a really good undrafted guy. I look at these and I don't see shit out of any of these guys. Might be one out of the stack if they're Might be one. Is it the Caleb Jones you know, man mountain where they just keep on the practice squad, <laughs> right. to see, see if right. he can pan out at that size. He's just like a, like a sideline freak show. Come right. see, right. see Caleb Jones. <laughs> like the circus. He's side just show standing there. Thing, right? I'm That's six, like, nine, yes. 370. You imagine being that goddamn big. That's ridiculous. Imagine getting on an airplane. That's a, that's gotta be a, problem. that's two or three seats on your own. Ain't it? I mean, uh, yeah. All right. Should we cut it off there? Yeah. I think so. I think we're. Thanks for listening to episode 83, the John Jefferson MVS and (laughs) any other Antonio Chapman. There you go. Episode. Go, Paco. Go, Paco. Go, Paco.